Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, the Habs lost again in the preseason to the Ottawa Senators. Again, it's not all bad. Plenty of good things to take away from tonight's game in Gander in Newfoundland. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some potential lines as we approach the end of the preseason and potentially get into a couple listener questions. That and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canadians, episode 701. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am your host. This is the last solo episode. You'll be seeing my face. That is me, Scott Matla, here for Locked On Canadians. Laura will be back this weekend. She will actually have your first episode next week because I. We'll be at a Bills game and likely useless afterwards like I was last time. So we have planned it out in this way. Let's jump right into business. The Canadians played another preseason game. Why they chose to play so many, I will never understand. Uh, they lost. Again, they are still winless in the preseason. They are 0-6-1 at this point. Uh, they dropped a 4-3 game to the Ottawa Senators and there was good... There was bad. There was everything in between because you can tell both teams are probably tired of playing each other at this point. Let's get right down to it. I originally was going to do a segment on the goaltending in this, and I realized I'm not a goaltending expert. I just play one on this podcast. Caden Primo was not good enough tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and put that right out there. First goal, mini breakaway, kind of tough. Okay. The second goal against is about as inexcusable as it gets. Brady Kachuk put the weakest beer league-esque shot uh, towards Caden Primo, and he just let it through the five hole. It wasn't deflected. It wasn't a trick shot. It was just a really, really bad goal to let in. Uh, the Canadians, to their credit, did get back into it. They scored two goals. Uh, overall, the the effort was an even here. Kirby Dock gets a goal in this game. Uh, Caden Gooley gets a snipe through traffic. Josh Anderson scores late. Uh Overall, it's a kind of frustrating game where the power play worked and then it didn't. The penalty kill was strong, and unless it wasn't. The goaltending, Caden Primo did bounce back from his early goals against, but he's not where you want him to be at this point in the season or what you're expecting. If it's coming down to him or Samuel Montembeau as the backup, Samuel Montembeau kind of won that job by default tonight by not letting in a shovel pass um, from Brady Kachuk. And I feel bad dumping on Primo, and I don't mean this in a negative way, just an analytical kind of way to look at this. He was so good for the Rocket during their playoff run last year, and to see him struggle in some ways with this, I'm not totally surprised. He has a very weird habit of making a lot of difficult saves, and he did make difficult saves in this game, but also struggling to just make some of the routine things or to make routine plays look easy And that's a problem. And I'm sure it's a thing for younger goaltenders. And who knows? Maybe at some point this year, everything clicks into place. But he's someone that if he lets in a bad goal, 
it sometimes kind of rattles him between the ears a little bit, and he's gotten better at that. But his performance tonight was a decision. It was a deciding factor in this game. Uh, I do want to talk about the good things in this game. Kirby Doc and Brendan Gallagher were excellent. Both best game of their preseason. Kirby Doc's best game in a Canadian's uniform. He gets a goal. Brendan Gallagher was everywhere. He was making good passes. He was making good reads. He was getting chances on the power play as the jammer, I guess we're going to call him here in the middle because he's not exactly a sniper and I don't think he ever really was, but he's in the slot there collecting passes, collecting rebounds and hammering them back. And I think he did really well in that role more than a small guy who gets beat up in front of the net because he's a pest. And I think he had a really strong game. And Kirby Doc used his reach and his size very effectively. I saw him, you know, stick handling through players, making a lot of smart, high skill moves that you want to see out of someone like that. And I'm really excited to see where this next level goes for Kirby Doc. Uh, we will be talking lines, uh, what I would like to see potentially going into the final preseason game here, what I would like to see at the beginning of the regular season. There's still uh, some injuries kind of hanging out here a little bit. So I'm not a hundred percent sure who's going to be where, who's going to be what, but we will talk about that in our next segment. But before we dive into that, I just think uh, we also need to talk. Uri Slavkovsky played really well tonight. Uh, I saw a lot of things from him that are what a lot like Kirby doc. He's using his frame to protect the puck and create space for himself. He's battling through checks. He ran over Artem Zub, got the puck, Shielded the puck from the Senators defenseman, worked behind the net, reset himself, and then set a pass into the slot for a scoring chance. Those are plays that you want to see. Philip Mayshard did the same thing uh, in a preseason game earlier in that he analyzed his attacking lane, didn't see what he liked, so he cut to the outside and recircled back into the slot so he could find a better option. Those are things that you want players to know to do instinctively. If, some, if option A is not there, Go to your option B, circle back, and see if that reopens option A or if another one opens up through that. That's what I want to see from Slavkovsky. I do want to see goals. Believe me, I want a Slavkovsky goal maybe in this finale here. But at the same time, him making smart plays and not playing hero puck is something that he needs to work on and is continuing to do so. I still think there's obviously some wrinkles that we knew there was going to be. We always knew he was going to be a little bit of a project here, but in this game, we saw more of what his, what his potential finished product could be that big power winger who can battle through the boards, keep the puck and keep plays going. There's still some timing issues. I saw some people on Twitter saying, ah, he's not reacting well, you know, to get pucks out of the zone and this and that. And, it's because David Savard sent a very weak backhand pass up the boards and he had to stop to collect it. Not much he can do about that. Uh, Arbor Jackeye is, again, doing Arbor Jackeye things. He uh, He's going to collect penalty minutes. I think we've kind of established at, the, at this point that Arbor Jackeye will collect penalty minutes, but also dude stands up for his teammates. Kirby Doc got rocked on a hit by Austin Watson and Jack I didn't even give him a second. He was on him, and Watson held on for dear life. So Jack I just started mashing that heavy attack button and just put him into the ice. And, you know, I'm not the biggest proponent of fighting in hockey. I know that you can't stop it. You're never going to stop it. But I like seeing guys come to their defense of their teammates, and especially a young guy. Jack I's a rookie. Kirby Doc's been in the league a couple of years. 
he knows what it means to be a good teammate there. I am really, really excited to see what Jack Eye's next level will be because if he can continue to improve that offensive side of his game to go with that mean, nasty physical edge, uh, the Canadians have an absolute wild card on their hands. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Do not panic if he is sent to the AHL to start this year. I don't think he's going to be there overly long, especially if he continues to grow the way that he has. Um, but at the end of the day, the Canadians lost again. They have one game left Saturday night in New Brunswick against the Ottawa Senators. I'm sure it will be a very peaceful affair given the way the last couple of games have gone so far. But we're going to talk lines a little bit in the next segment. You know why? Because everyone, uh, the pre this preseason's almost over, and I want to talk about lineups since everyone loves to give their idea of a lineup, and that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is in fact brought to you by the folks at betonline.net. They are your number one source for not only all of your football betting, but all of your sports betting. The NCAA football season is in full swing. The NFL is in full swing. You have baseball. The playoffs start this week around the league. Hockey is right around the corner. And you can also bet on things like MMA, boxing, even golf. That is all year round. Bet Online has you covered. And they have you covered by having live up-to-the-minute scores, news, updates, all your in-game betting and all of your needs are taken care of at BetOnline. So head over to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. And remember, BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, we're, we're going to do this thing here because I'm having difficulty putting all the lines together only because, well, quite frankly, people are injured. People might not play the last preseason game. Some people might be going... Uh, to the AHL, some people might be going down to or, or back to Sweden. Likely Emil Heineman is going back to Sweden once he is healthy. I, I'm i going to do my best to try and break this down in a way that makes the most sense to me. So we're going to start going right down the middle, assuming everyone is healthy. And let's just say this is for the season opener right now. Nick Suzuki is your first line center. Duh. I don't think anyone has any sort of, you know, issue with that being true. Behind him is a, a center who I think has played very well this preseason, perhaps underratedly, Christian Dvorak as your second line center. Kirby Dock is in the third line role. And then on the fourth line, you can split Jake Evans or Sean Monahan depending on the situation, or you can move Monahan up the lineup if you see him as a winger and put him on one of these other lines is a little bit of a stabilizing presence. And I think that's not the worst idea. And now going back to the top line here, Cole Caulfield's his winger. His number one guaranteed winger is going to be Cole Caulfield. And I realize as I'm looking at my notes that I've written out here, I've forgotten Josh Anderson on here. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the line to go back to is Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, even though it is not exactly the meshing of the best styles there, but I can see Martin St. Louis going back to that as a, a heavy offensive line here a little bit and just going, you're going to get the offensive zone starts. You're going to do this. You're going to do this and just letting them ride uh, on the second line is a line that I've liked a lot this preseason. They haven't generated a ton of points, but I think they've been really solid defensively and offensively. And with Christian Dvorak in the middle, you have Brendan Gallagher and Evgeny Dodonov on his wings. I think they've been solid. I think they can handle those secondary minutes that you need from a Canadian's line because you can't expect Nick Suzuki to take every defensive minute and you don't want to ask Kirby Doc to take as many defensive minutes. And you don't always want to overextend your fourth line beyond what the their best role is here. And 
as much as we'd like Jake Evans and Sean Monahan might be suited for that role. You don't want to overload that role and make it unsuited for what it's meant to be there. So uh, I think having Christian Dvorak in that line, take a lot of those defensive minutes is going to help, which now brings us to our question is Kirby doc is the third line center. As of right now, that's the way I kind of see it going out there. And there are still other wingers. You know, you have Uri Slavkovsky. You have Mike Hoffman. You have Jonathan Drouin. You have Sean Monaghan, who could be a winger, could be a third-line center. But you have Doc there. So it's like, what do you do? If they want to go purely offense with this, you can go Drouin or Hoffman. Or you can move Anderson to that line and move someone up a little bit. It's a tough thing. Or do you spread it out and you move, you know, Drew Ann up a line and Dodonov down a line? Do you move Hoffman up and move Gallagher down? That's the hard part. But if they're going pure offense and they want to use Kirby Doc's frame to open up space for Drew Ann, who likes to operate in soft space on the ice in the perimeter, and Mike Hoffman, who likes to stand and wait for the puck, that's not the worst idea. Uh, admittedly, given the effort I've seen so far in the preseason, I would just prefer Mike Hoffman not be on this team at this point. I'm not saying that in a mean-spirited way. I'm saying it is I don't see how he fits in here. And he's taking space from guys who I think mesh with the identity of the Canadians a little bit better. Uh, on the fourth line, you have Rem Pitlick, Sean Monahan, Jake Evans. You can move Monahan up or down. Michael Pozzetta is your 13th forward. Yol Armia is currently injured. Paul Byron is likely headed for LTIR. And Emil Heineman is, uh, from what I understand, going back to the SHL once he is cleared and healthy which is hopefully not too far off in the future, which means uh, Jesse Alonen and Rafael Harvey-Penner will go down to the AHL. And you've also noted, I have not put Uri Slavkovsky on a line yet. I don't know what the what they're going to do with him yet. Games like the one that he played against the Senators on Thursday night, I can see them keeping him in the NHL, and I can see why they like that. Because he can prove he can stick and play and be a creator but then I see other games where it's like, okay, you're kind of struggling a little bit here. Maybe you need a little bit more seasoning. I think he's likely going to play again on Saturday, which feels like a lot for him already. And it's kind of that make or break. And if he goes down, I know everyone's going to go, oh, first overall picks in the AHL. Yeah, well, the Habs are going to be bad. I'd rather him get 17, 18 minutes a night playing top line minutes for the Rocket than playing 12 minutes a night, you know, in the bottom six in Montreal. And I don't think he's going to be in the AHL for long. And who cares? Put him with Mayshar, put him in Anthony Richard and let them cook. Not like let Russ cook, which is just overboiled cabbage. Let them cook like Russ used to cook in Seattle, where that man was making prime Nashville hot chicken every single day. Let them cook. And I think that's okay. There's no such thing as over-ripening prospects. You knew this was going to be a project. Invest in that. Um, on defense, there's so many injuries. There's so many prospects who have played well. You have Matheson or Edmondson on the first pairing, depending on Joel Edmondson's injury. I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon, so we're going to assume it is Matheson. Or that means I would love to see Matheson Gooley, to be quite honest with you. And I think it was Sebastian High who was on our show who pointed out that also, Matheson Savard could work in that Matheson's skill set complements Savard's in a way, allows Savard to stay home. I don't love the idea of them playing 20 plus minutes a night, especially given what I've seen from Savard in the preseason. 
but who knows uh, on the second pairing with Edmondson out. And we're assuming he is out right now. He has not practiced in or anything uh, on the left-hand side. You could put Jordan Harris there. I think you could put, you know, maybe not Arbor Jack at this point, but uh, I think right now you have Jordan Harris penciled into that spot. He's the most experienced out of these players and it's not a bad thing to have him there. Um, and then on the last pair on the left-hand side, you could have Corey Schooneman or Arbor Jack Eye at this point. Uh, I think either one would be perfectly all right. Uh, and on the right-hand side on that third pair, Justin Barron potentially. Uh, if Edmonton is healthy, Jordan Harris has proved he can play on his offhand. Um, you send Madison Bowie down, um, potentially Jack Eye goes down. Otto Leskinen's hanging around. I think he's going to get sent down. And I am hoping that I have not uh, missed any news while I am recording this. If I did, Laura will get to it on Monday. I'm recording this directly after the game. And then in net, it's Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau. Caden Primo's got to get more reps in the AHL right now. Kevin Poulin's a good backup for that. Philip DeRosier is also there in case they need him because of injury. Primo's got to prove that he can uh, replicate his success from last year's AHL playoffs. And it's up to him to do that. So... I'm very interested to see what they're able to do with that. Uh, coming up in our final segment, though, originally I was going to talk goaltending, but you know what? I talked a little bit about it at the beginning of this show. So what we're going to do is I'm going to dive into some of the questions that we uh, might have not gotten to last week, and that's all coming up next. We are back, and by we, I mean I. It is I, Scott Matla, whether you like it or not, here at Locked On Canadians. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts. And if you're on YouTube watching my face, hit the bell so you get notified whenever we launch a new video. Uh, normally, I have my co-host here for this, so bear with me. If you see me looking off screen, it is because I am reading the questions that are on the screen in front of me here. I have two monitors working while I record this. Um, as always, if you want to send us mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. I'm going to dive into a couple here, kind of keep it short. Got a long weekend ahead. There are a good chunk of questions in here, so I will get uh, to as many as I can. Uh, and admittedly, these are about a week old, so some of these things have changed since then. Uh, first from Jeff Thoret, who is the most likely to make the team out of camp who isn't expected to? And I think the biggest one here was Arbor Jacki has come on strong in a big way, not just fighting-wise, not just you know being a mean, tough guy. He's shown legitimate offensive talent in skating that I think makes him a threat uh, at the next level. And if he's going to the AHL, he's not long for it. I think he will be in the NHL playing regular games this year and will be a regular in the lineup before too long, especially if he continues uh, his progression. Uh, also from Jeff, is there anything left on Brendan Gallagher to get banged up this season? Uh, I don't think so at this point. He's looked good, which maybe a full off season of healing was good for him in the first place. Uh, so fingers crossed that nobody beans him with a puck in front of the net. And one more from Jeff the Red. What narrative are you already tired of this season? And it is the Slavkovsky is a bust. I'm, I'm tired of doing this already. You have to understand the premise of a rebuild is there will be pain before there is payoff. And Uri Slavkovsky is going through growing pains. He is learning. He is turning himself into a fully ready NHL player as he goes. There's going to be bumps in the road. There'd be bumps in the road if they had taken Shane Wright, if they had taken Logan Cooley, if they had taken Simon Nemitz. It doesn't matter. There's going to be bumps in the road here. 
And because he's first overall, everyone assumes he's going to be immediately ready. That was not what people knew going into or should have known going into this. So uh, I think that's my biggest narrative gripe already is the team's going to be bad. Don't expect Slavkovsky to be a savior. That's not fair to him because that's not what he's supposed to be. Uh, from Captain Slick Nick, how far from an NHL spot is Matthias Norlinder? And I'm of two minds. He's not far off at all in that I think if he works on his defensive position, he doesn't have to be a shutdown defenseman, but improves on that and plays with the confidence that he, we know he can. He'll very likely be on the bottom pair before too long and be quarterbacking a power play because he has that talent. And on the other hand, uh, based on what he showed this preseason, it was one of the early cuts. He's further than we thought. But also part of it is we might have just set the expectations too high, which is he was hyped. He was very good for Frolunda in Sweden. Like, I don't, I don't mind buying into hype a little bit. I'd rather be excited and then rather than cynical about everything. Uh, from at Immortal Dark, who do you see getting the Habs getting to replace the injured Edmondson as a veteran D-man, or do you see them standing pat? Uh, we're going to find out by the end of this weekend if Edmondson's going to be out continued long term. They need another veteran on that left side. The kids are great, and it's great that they want to play them, but you do not want to be beating them up so badly that they're not getting the development they need at the NHL level. I'd be very curious to see what's kicking around the NHL. Like I said, Pierre-Olivier Joseph's name is around there. He's a little bit older than some of the prospects here. I don't know if he's going to be the guy or not, but I do think there may be something cooking in the works a little bit. Out of the kids on the back end, who makes her team in your mind? Uh, Caden Gooley's making this team. Immediately, Jordan Harris is likely making this team. Justin Barron is making it right now. It is up to him to hold on to that spot. I don't think it is secure as many fans think. And I think Jack I is right on the fringe there. He is that first call up if they need it. Uh, out of the forward contracts the Habs have, who do they end up moving prior to the season starting in order to make room for young forwards? I think it's hard to move Mike Hoffman army and now is at an all-time low. I agree, but I also think that those are two that they might be moving out. Um I'm very curious to see what they do with Hoffman because clearly something's just not working. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it just doesn't mesh at all. And as for Armia, there are a boatload of teams who would love a big-bodied bottom six winger who can score goals and play the penalty kill. Like I, I could see a team like the Oilers, a team like the Flames potentially being interested in that. And we'll see what happens. Uh, out of the young forwards, who makes the team? I think just Slavkovsky at this point. Uh, Yelonen and Harvey Pinard will probably be in the AHL. I think Slavkovsky may be in the AHL just because they're so full up front. Uh, it's very hard to uh, it's very hard to kind of find the space for them. Uh, one more from Jeff Thread. Brendan Gallagher said recently that when he was a kid, he used to run up to his grandfather and hit him in the groin. How many other people do you think he's done this to? Oh God. Brendan Gallagher's been playing hockey his entire life, so he's probably punched many a person in the groin. Um, and sure, other draft picks had goals, but Brendan Gallagher punching people in the groin had Brendan Gallagher punching people in the groin. So, like, that immediately makes him hilarious to me. Uh, I'd set the number at at least a dozen plus, not counting uh, his professional side of things. So uh, I'm very curious on that. To actually know the answer. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll ask him one day if he ever comes on this show. How many people has he ever punched in the groin? Uh, or if someone wants to just tweet him and ask, please let me know what his answer is. Um, but yeah, 
that's going to wrap up our Friday mailbag episode here, everybody. I have been at Scott Matla here on Twitter. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. Laura will be back for next week's episode. I promise you the dynamic duo will be back in the saddle for opening night. We are less than a week away from the Habs playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in Montreal. There are still no cuts or anything after this game. I'm sure they're keeping everybody while they were in New Brunswick, heading to New Brunswick after this game. Uh, if you liked what you listened to today, please tweet me what your lineups would be going into the season, whether people are healthy or not, or just your ideal lineups. Um, who do you want to trade? You can sound off in the comments below. Just don't be a jerk. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you don't agree with it, you can say so. Just don't be a rude person. Nobody likes that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Mallet. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Ring that bell so when you want to know when we've uploaded a new episode, you will get notified when that happens. And when you are done listening to me talk, go check out Lockdown NHL where all of our local experts have all the news and updates that you need from around the NHL and more. Folks, we will see you all next time.